Welcome back to the Piano Pencil Podcast. I am Adam. And I'm Jess. And this is part two of our of our new sub-series on the paranormal. Did you know that in 2017, Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 and Angels and Airwaves, uh, along with Lou Elizondo, who used to be head of the To the Stars, I'm sorry, of the Advanced Aerial Threat Intercept Program, a, a Pentagon program that was developed in the late 2000s to uh, investigate claims of unidentified aerial phenomenon. These two individuals together released a few videos that highlighted military encounters with UFOs using FLIR, which is forward-looking infrared. And these videos are like all over the place now. And the Pentagon, the Navy just came out and said, yep, these are real videos. And that's about it. And now people are saying that the Navy and by proxy the U.S. government has acknowledged the existence of aliens, which is not exactly what they did. They did acknowledge that the videos were real because prior to that they had been, I guess, not exactly declassified. I think they were declassified, but they weren't for public release. They were like FOUO more or less, but now they're declassified. And there's a whole documentary series on History Channel called Unidentified that outlines the, the history of the videos and the pilots um, are in the documentary series and they're being interviewed and they're talking about their experiences and what they saw firsthand and uh, people who were on the ships that were nearby, what they experienced and saw. It's a really cool series. But uh, all that to say that that aliens exist, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Look, there are a few options. Uh, the first okay. thing I have to say about this, and this is kind of unrelated, but I loved everyone. I saw a bunch of, when this when these got declassified, I saw a bunch of things that said, like, Navy, could, Navy has videos of possible UFOs. And I'm like... Yeah. You can't have a possible UFO. It's either an identified object or it's an unidentified object. There's no such thing as a possible UFO. It is a UFO, but is it a UFO in the colloquial term or is it a UFO in the strict definition of the fact that it is a flying object that's unidentified? Yeah. Unfortunately, that term has been conflated to, to, or has been the UFO term is equivalent in pop culture to aliens grays and yes. but yeah and then you're then you can you could dive into the realm of okay so if these are unidentified are they just unidentified to the public do are they products of u.s government top secret development programs in conjunction with like boeing or something or are they are they of origin of a foreign country? So we wouldn't know what they are to begin with. All these and videos are taken all over the world too. Not just the main ones are off the coast of San Diego and the others are sort of Middle East and off the coast of Virginia and stuff. Continue. Go ahead. You guys, you guys have to say. Yeah. So that, that gets into the thing. It's either aliens. Or I feel like I should be that history channel guy. 
Uh, I'm glad to hear that like uh, History Channel did a video, has apparently done a series that involves aliens in his actual history instead of their speculative stuff that they tend to do forgetting that they're supposed to be a History Channel. Yeah. Let's not get into TLC, what that used to actually be. Oh my God. It was created by NASA, I believe, to be a learning channel. Yeah. Uh, Didn't really try it that way. Yeah. So either it's aliens and they're super human or whatever. Obviously they're super advanced uh, or they wouldn't be on earth. That I think we can say if there are any creatures from external extraterrestrial creatures that get to earth, they'd have to be really advanced Mm -hmm. to be able to get here since we've never gotten anywhere else. Right. They're, They're much more advanced than we are. Or it's the U S government doing weird stuff. Or the worst, I think the worst possible scenario is it's a different government that is that much farther advanced that U.S. personnel are like, I don't know what this is, yeah. but it's another country that's doing it. I, I mean, I guess best case scenario is it's none of those three, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Well, if you watch these videos, Unless these they're nice aliens. objects are flying basically from a really high altitude, diving steeply submerging underwater and then re-emerging elsewhere and they're moving at speeds that would be impossible for something that we've or that we know we've created to be to be moving at um not to mention the g-forces that has to be um oh yeah yeah if it is something we created there's definitely not a human being inside of it um it could be a drone or some description yeah i mean i've played some pretty cool games where you do things like that have you ever played um, Pilot Wings? <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't remember the name of the game. It's an it, Star Fox. Uh, yes, Star. We'll go yeah. Star Fox because I can't remember the game. I'm trying to say. You do. Have you ever done a barrel roll? <laughs> Only in video games. Is uh, Tom DeLonge an alien trying to find his people potentially? And, th- and this is his only way. Is gig. Get the U. They say you can come back home if the U.S. government acknowledges that we exist. Potentially, yeah. It's the third rock from the sun sequel. A lot we of never knew we got. So if you read the Secret Machines books that go along with all of this stuff that Tom DeLonge and To the Stars Academy and everyone else is doing, there's a lot of really interesting theories that are put forth. Yeah, theories. Yeah, theories, but like revelations that are put forth spoiler for you into that yes do aliens exist so that is a question for a different time but we are forgetting one other thing that could be we said it's either the u.s government yeah another government it is it could be aliens it could be random debris that's just flying around yes okay it's a weather balloon (laughs) isn't that right isn't it always a weather balloon or um, a chinese venus I don't oh, think okay. weather balloons have the capability of submerging underwater and then reemerging elsewhere at an accelerated rate, and then going and then you know going at thousands of feet in the air in a matter you, of seconds. What do you think NASA's doing with all that climate change money? <laughs> Fair, but not going to the moon. <laughs> oh. That's true. I mean, wh- wh- why would we go to the moon? Like the moon is. I mean, there, there is a done that <laughs> that's kind of from what i gather that's kind of what happened we got yeah. there and they're like oh, oh 
what do we do? They went there six <laughs> times. And I guess after, after uh, they started playing golf on the moon, uh, they were like, maybe we should just stop sending people to the moon before they start doing some really stupid stuff. Yeah. We, we almost got like one of those MTV, the moon shows or something. Yeah. But yeah. Like a real world, possible- real world moon. <laughs> And you know those little like uh, carts they drove around with? We could have Pimp My Moon Cart. <laughs> MTV, we take six strangers, put them in spacesuits, put them on a the moon, and watch what happens. <laughs> with hidden cameras everywhere. <laughs> These people have no idea they're being watched. <laughs> it's like uh, the Truman Show, but for <laughs> astronauts. <laughs> on the moon. Except astronauts should know they're being watched at all times and recorded. They should, but in this completely uh, fake premise I've made up, they're unaware. A lot of the Apollo missions, the they kept a log of all the radio or the com- communication, yeah. and that's public. So you can hear pretty yeah. much every stupid and weird and funny and just silly and just random thing that has ever been said between Houston and Apollo missions. Oh, that's worth digging into. I've that I've is... heard. I think my favorite was something like we're we are go for pee when some one of the astronauts was using the restroom. <laughs> he was like, "We are go for pee." <laughs> oh, like, so that reminds me. Completely off topic, but equally worth worth pointing out. I think there's a website that is specifically dedicated. Yeah, websites exist that is specifically dedicated to archiving. You know how like you know planes have black boxes that record basically everything that's being said right so this website yeah. archives like the last words of pilots before their the plane crashes so like you can hear all kinds of great like well i guess this is it <laughs> like i mean i shouldn't laugh about it. it's kind of morbid but yeah it's pretty great i'm gonna find it i'm gonna put it in the show in the notes for the Golly, for the thing is- it's it's insane you go on there and there's just yeah, they're like, you know, everything from reporting engine problems to God knows what. It's all on there, and it's insane. So, so, yeah, I uh, I want to say two real quick things. So, the first thing is, like, I've had, since I was, like, a kid, I think I've had this weird obsession with the last words uh, and learning really? it. Yeah, and I didn't realize that was a normal thing. But apparently, I'm not the only one who's had that obsession. When you talk about that, that creeps me out a little bit because I've always wanted to know, like, what are the last things people say? John Green, who is an author uh, famously for The Fault in Our Stars, had this, has always had this obsession too, so much so that it's in one of his books called Looking for Alaska, where the main character is obsessed with last words and figuring out what people's last words are and remembering and just remembering famous last words. Uh, some um, of which are silly and some of which are very uh, like deep. And so one, I forgot who it was, but one person's like, I'm not going to have last words. <laughs> His last words are basically saying he refused to have last words because that's wow. silly. Uh, I wonder if there's but, somewhere out there that archives like the last things that prisoners say before they get executed, like people, death row mates and stuff. Probably. I wouldn't be shocked on that. That'd yeah. Most of these are like famous things that people have said, like famous people, like, because that's who keep they keep up with their last words. Mm. There's also a really, really interesting um, How I Met Your Mother episode where one of the characters loses his dad and he's, he spends an entire episode trying to think 
talk, trying to remember what the last words his father said to him because all of his other family remembers the last thing their father said and he doesn't remember and it goes through that. Wow. And as someone who has, you know, wondered about that when I've lost family members and friends, I've been like, what were the last things we said? It really hit on a personal level and the episode's called, I think, Last Words. And then it's just that idea of like, what were the last words you ever said to someone or someone yeah. ever said to you? Uh, not just the last words they ever said, but your last meaningful conversation. Yeah. Well, okay. That went from, but uh, the uh, the website. Yeah, you might like the website. Then I want to link it in the in the show notes. Yeah. And we'll uh, we, we can browse through it at our leisure. Yes. Another the other thing I was going to say is like we talked about what the what these uh, aircrafts could be alien. They could be U.S. They could be another government. They could be weather balloons or lanterns is that what you said chinese lanterns yeah sure chinese lanterns of course or they could be uh <laughs> bugs just like bugs flying around um, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and it's funny but we're going to get back into that in a little bit about bugs flying around probably the other thing we have not discussed of what they could be is they could be something that is not from our plane of existence but See, something that has broken through i wanted to yeah i wanted to bring it up because and that can segue perfectly into the main topic which is should you believe in the paranormal or should you not believe in the paranormal that was a question we posed during our last podcast that we never answered mm -hmm. and uh i think it'd be good to revisit that and see yes. what our conclusion is yes so i think a way to do this is very simple we give reasons why you should believe then we give reasons why you should not believe and then we let you the viewer Listener, Listener, this is a podcast. Um, <laughs> check out our YouTube channel. We do have one of those where you can view things that we've done. Yeah. Uh, in including some really fun stuff that's, uh, that's coming up, like next month, if I can get the stuff that I need to get. I have gone through so much. <laughs> anyway, that's, that needs to be cut out probably. But, uh, that's fine. Uh, so I'm let's, just let's, saying, let's, plug yeah. the, let's plug the YouTube channel real quick. So on our YouTube channel, yes. we have a variety of things that we're working on just as a creative outlet. We're doing yeah. a Super Mario World 96 exit playthrough, which is fun. And then we have uh, some poetry on there. We got, I don't know what else, some other stuff on there. Some of it's funny. Some of it's serious. It's just a reflection of who we are, and it's a portion of our lives. So if you like it, go, you know, if you're interested in that, go oh. check it out and uh, enjoy. Yes, and that is at inpencil.no, youtube.inpencil.live. Yeah, that's the shortcut to get there since we yeah. have a, in order to get a custom YouTube URL, you have to have a thousand subscribers and we have eight right now. So we're almost there. <laughs> yes, yes, it's going to be a while. I think we're going to need to stop video. Um, you're starting to... Okay, all right, let me turn off the video. So yeah, we've got, uh, we don't have that many subscribers now, but um, feel free to join, subscribe, join the party. We're having a lot of fun out there. We're putting out, trying to put out videos every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and uh, a few different types. And we've got some cool things on the works uh, that we're trying to do and future projects that will be coming up there in the next few months. Um, yep, really taking advantage of the opportunity to explore creatively what we like doing. So it's been a long time coming. And check out our blog too. Um, uh, Adam's mostly writing on the blog, but 
Actually, I think you've only written, I've never written on the blog. <laughs> yeah, my, rant, but, my, my writings are basically rants, but that's fine. That's what it's there for. Yes. Yeah, so go, go read his rants. Uh, <laughs> so the paranormal, belief in the paranormal. All right, so what, what is, it? is it? So we're talking about reasons why you should. I'm writing this down. Yes. And should not. So let's, yes. I'm going I'm to total up the list when, uh, when we're done, and I'll, I'll tell you who the objective winner is. Here. The objective winner. This is how we decide it. <laughs> Whoever our, has more points. Our meaningless on the fly list is exactly how we're, how we're dictating the rest of the society should function. So we're telling you right now, we're going to make it. To, we're, we're, we're giving you the option at the end of this podcast to make your own choice and own decisions. But truthfully, we're going to tell you the answer so you do not have to waste your time actually doing research and learning things on your own. Yeah, effectively, we're using the, the same method that the U.S. government uses with the media to manipulate your decisions for you so that you don't have to think for yourself. That's kind of the, the, the uh, objective here. So, yeah. All right. So, so, so we're going to start with why you should believe in the paranormal. This is tough because we're saying why you should believe in something we cannot prove. Well, let's reemphasize so, our definition of the paranormal first. Yes. So paranormal is... Anything that is unexplained, that is an, of an unknown origin, not including, say, aliens or greys or UFOs or whatever, yeah. not including that branch. But does that it also is, include, would you include cryptids like Bigfoot, like the sponsor, that kind of stuff in that? See, I, it, I do not, truthfully. And here's why. Because here's my definition of... Um, paranormal and supernatural because I use those interchangeably Yeah, and maybe I shouldn't, but to me, the paranormal or the supernatural are things that go beyond the laws of physics as, as we understand. Okay. Uh, Bigfoot does not go beyond the laws of physics as we understand it. He, yeah, he or she, we always say Bigfoot as being a male, but there'll be like at least two genders or two sexes of Bigfoot uh, because that's how uh, mammals reproduce. Um, so, Yes. So uh, you would, uh, Bigfoot would just be a normal other animal that just exists out there. The same for uh, the New Jersey devil or El Chupacabra or the Yeti. They're just animals or even the Loch Ness monster, just an animal. There's like not, they're not doing anything that's different from how physics works that we know of right i mean i guess i guess maybe well in some way i would say they're probably violating the laws of nature as we understand them but that's just a limitation on our understanding and not necessarily limitation on the laws of nature yeah we're discovering new species all the time that we're like oh we didn't know that existed and because yeah we just haven't looked for it necessarily or we haven't found it there's you could probably go in your backyard and and take out and like take a sample and put it underneath a microscope and you might discover a new species of bacteria that's never been seen before or go into the Amazon jungle and discover a new species of plant that's never been known or a new species of a bug that's never been seen before. So that's how I treat those. Now, if we're talking about like dragons that breathe fire and have arms, legs, and wings, those do kind of go beyond physics uh, because on Earth, everything evolved to have four limbs at most. And mm -hmm. dragons would, by nature, have six limbs because wings count as birds' arms. And dragons generally are shown with three. They have wings, they have arms, and they have legs. Um, and what about so spiders? 
and ants. Uh, Matt, uh, we're talking, sorry, I'm vertebrates. Oh, okay. All right. I should have clarified that, but yeah, spiders gotcha. and ants are invertebrates, so they right. don't follow the same rules on limbs. So, um, so now that we've beaten the shit out of the definition of the paranormal here, so basically we're, <laughs> we're, we're mainly emphasizing spirits and ghosts. Yes. That's kind of the things that, yeah, that are just kind of spirits and ghosts. That's pretty much. Shadow people, demons, maybe? Yeah, I would put that. Demons are a spirit, right? Uh, more or less, I think. Maybe just like, well, it will, it is the how you define a spirit. Because um, for me, a spirit would be something that was alive in this realm, on oh, this planet at one point, and then passed on. Whereas demons are generated from another realm and then cross over. Gotcha. So, so yeah, uh, and that I would put demons and angels onto that because demons are actually right. like the fallen version of angels the same way right. orcs are the fallen versions of elves in right. Lord of the Rings right. and a lot of other media probably. Yeah. So we'll just say aside from cryptids and aside from aliens slash UFOs, we're generally speaking in a spiritually paranormal Yes. Manner at this point. Yes. Why we will you discuss, should, should not. Yeah. We will discuss aliens at another time. Uh, aliens do follow, and we can get into how they do and do not follow the laws of physics. Yeah. But we're just going to... That, that's also my personal definition. It has to do with the, the, the laws of the universe as we know it. But that's, you can come up with your own definition. But we're just going to stick with the ghost spirits supernatural you know santana sure. dc talk got it i don't know what other bands have an album named supernatural <laughs> i don't either all right so what's your what's your what's your list because i might okay, so, switch your list so reasons why you should believe in the uh in the uh paranormal okay one here's the thing humans have a consciousness mm-hmm. right we are conscious we are we we understand that we exist which is a strange thing to think about that the universe has something in it that understands that it exists and actually has named the universe. The universe created something that named itself. Right. Um, and so there is consciousness um, that exists and that can be messed with. Yes. You know, you can alter states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yes. But here's the thing at the end of the day is it's really hard to define consciousness and to determine how it exists. That's, that's been always kind of a question in a lot of sciences is like, what is it and how does it exist? So the idea of the consciousness is something that seems maybe separate from the physical, uh, our bodies, which means that when we die, where does that consciousness go? Does that consciousness die or is that just something else? And I think because the consciousness doesn't seem to follow the same nature as the rest of our body, right. that it could go somewhere else and do something else, meaning that it's not tied to the laws of the rest of our, ourselves. So in that way, is that does our consciousness go on into the spirit realm? Right. That's maybe not the world's best definition because you can probably poke a lot of holes into it, but it is something interesting where the idea of like, we have a consciousness. We can't really define it well or why it exists or why we are conscious beings. There is a possibility that it is something more than just our physical realm. There's my yeah. first. 
Yeah. No, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I think that's that's pretty much aside from experiential proof that the paranormal exists in some way. By experiential, I mean like people having experiences. I don't know if I was saying that correctly, but aside from experiences, that was going to be one of the, yeah, that's definitely on my on my list of reasons. Yeah, experience would be another another reason I think you should acknowledge the existence of the paranormal because a lot of people have claims to experience and some people have collective claims to experience where a lot of a lot of people have seen the same event or have made the same observation or people have made similar observations at different points in time that correlate to one another that they would have never known when you see claims of people having experiences that have similarities that there's no way those stories could have crossed lines but there's correlation between one person's experience and another person's experience. There's a sort of pattern. It's having multiple sources with the same information, which is a good way to find research when you have two different people who say, who are not connected, who have the same experience on something. So if there's a car accident and one car drives away and it was like, and you have like four different people say it was a blue Mercedes. You're going to say, Oh, it was probably a blue Mercedes. Yeah. And so in the same way, when you have a bunch of different people say, this is what happened. And they all kind of say the similar things and there's no way that they have any connection to each other. Is that, yeah. is that kind of what you're Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Like, especially whenever the stories span long periods of time, like someone in the sixties, when this is something that happened in the 90s, or that also happened in the 90s, or that repeated itself, a repeating event, or a recurring event. I think you see it a lot with um, places that are um, haunted by residual spirits, or they're, they're, they're having a residual paranormal event happen, like footsteps walking down a hall at the same time every single night. Like it's just a residual energy that re- it repeats itself um, on a pattern. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Consciousness, completely agree with you on that. Experience. So I guess you can put like stories or experiences there. What other, yeah. what other reasons should you? I, I will say that there are bodies of science who study this stuff. Yes. And have, uh, and I, I will not show a lot of expertise. I did not research this particular one that well, but there are uh, bodies of science. Parapsychology obviously is one, but there are other ones too mm-hmm. that have shown a lot of weird stuff to be true or to be, to be able to be duplicated where you have like a strange phenomenon that happens and it happens again and it's unexplainable. We don't know why certain things happen. Granted, you could know we won't get into the opposites of that yet, but there are a lot of strange things out there that have been seen that have been studied and there's been no other explanation for it, but it has been, scientifically studied and shown to yeah this weird thing happens um, so one of those is out of body, out of body experiences out of out of body experiences if somebody's on their deathbed the spirit leaves their body and then the person recovers and the spirit returns to the body and they describe like an out of body out of body experiences you know what i mean yes and like they'll have like uh on those I, I don't know the verifi- ver- how verified this is, but I've heard stories of them putting like things up on top of the the rooms where only if you were up on the top of the room or floating above could you see these 
words that are said and people are able to say what words were up there. Right. Uh, that type of stuff. Or they're seeing things that there's no way they could have seen in the room uh, from their location or would have heard in the room from their location. Yeah. What's uh, another one that you have? For reasons why you should believe in the paranormal. Yes. So when you're a child and you have like, um, you know, a lot of kids have their invisible friend, what do they call it? Imaginary friend or whatever. Or there's... I still have my imaginary friend, but he, he, uh, he's socially distancing from me. <laughs> That's a very relevant joke. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> if you're listening to this in three years, you're going to be like, I don't get it. Why is that funny? No, social distancing will still be around in three years. At least for me, it will be. When I go to Walmart and there's somebody that's breathing down my neck in line, that takes me off to no end. So the social distancing will exist for me forever because now I have a reason to justify telling them to fuck yeah. off and back up. They're like, uh, you, you, know, you, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> nope, my doctor says I still need to. No, seriously, seriously. Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Oh, when you're a kid and you have oh, an imaginary friend. Yeah, so um, my story from last time about my experience when I was a kid, yeah. that was one of several. But I think kids are more susceptible and more open-minded to having experiences that reveal the idea of another realm or another dimension or something where there's crossover. Like whatever theory yeah. you want to come up with for why this stuff happens, kids are more, I, th- I think kids are more susceptible to observing it. And so if you have a kid or if you have something like a cat, right? Does your cat ever just like stare at something in the room that you don't know what it's staring at, but it's following it around? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like unless you're, unless you're conditioned like we are as a society, we're conditioned to just basically label this kind of thing as bullshit and then move on into a more logical, but at the same time, we're conditioned to be religious. So I don't really understand how those two things happen at the exact same time, <laughs> but maybe we're institutionalized. Maybe that's what it is. We're more institutionalized. But anyway, we somehow at some point in our life form a mental block on that vulnerability, that aspect of our, of our consciousness or of our um, observable. You know what I mean? So, so the fact that we are open to that until we're told not to be, that makes me believe or leads me to think that by default, we are meant to be open to that. We're meant to have a perception of that reality or some interaction with it. And then later on, we're brought to a place where that's now, you know, that's not cool anymore. Like, at some point, you got to stop believing in ghosts, man. Like, maybe at the same time that you stop believing in Santa Claus, you're told that ghosts aren't real either. But, you know what I mean? So, I think that, I guess all that to say, the default state of humanity is to have experiences with a spiritual realm in a real sense. And not just in a, a cognitive, imaginary sense, like, like modern spirituality is. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's this idea that we, as we get older, we put away quote unquote, our quote unquote childish things 
And those childish things include imagination, playfulness, and openness to the world that is all around us that we don't see. Right. Or That we stop observing. Because at some point yeah. we stop paying attention to, and that's what I was saying before about this whole COVID thing. So at some point we stop paying attention to the things that don't matter um, or about the things that we think don't matter or the society tells us don't matter. So if it's our spirituality, if it's our interaction with another realm, if it's our curiosity, our creativity, all of these things, at some point we're told that doesn't matter because you have a job that you have to report to at nine o'clock in the morning. And by the way, you have credit card bills and you have student loans and you have this and you have that. So all these other things take precedence over what defines you as a person, which we can go into a whole thing about identity at some other point. Um, but the, Part of what divides you is your is your your experience, and part of your experience is probably something. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> I sorry, I, I was just yeah. I was just gonna say like a very practical way of looking at this is how we literally don't look at the same things we look at as when we're kids. When you're a kid, you're looking everywhere, a lot all the time. Physically, you're looking everywhere, and when you're adult, how often do you look up? Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, exactly. you're always looking up because you're looking up at adults. And so that just shows you like just from a very literal point of view that we don't literally look up that often as we grow up. And so we're not looking in all the directions that we can as we grow up because we don't need those directions as much as we did as kids. As kids, we're trying to figure out everything. So we're looking around. If you've ever been around a baby, they're literally looking and grabbing at everything that's around them. But exactly. as you get older, you're like, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to pay attention to all this stuff. There's all this stimuli that I don't need. So I just literally block it all out and only look forward. Right. But um, your default is to be curious and your default is yeah. to be creative. And you're by, but you were conditioned through institutional education, through just having to survive in a society where it's based off of, you know, practical things like, money and bills and debt. I mean, this isn't just like any society. This is just every society. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, even like, you know, I won't say that, but uh, yeah, any, any human-formed civilization, there are going to be outside stressors on you that oppress you and keep you from experiencing life as you would if you were just left to your own devices. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that, I think that by default, we're, we should, the fact that so many, that when you're, when you're a kid, most of the time when you hear people tell, tell stories about their experiences with the paranormal, it happens when they're a kid because they're more susceptible to it and they're more open-minded to it. They haven't been taught not to be yet. So because that to me is the default, then that's the reality. And everything else that we've, that we've put on ourselves, that's a fabrication of our own devices. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm you should just, believe in the paranormal. <laughs> yeah. And I'll add one last thing to that. Yeah. I'm not great with string theory, but hey, let's bring it up. Uh, so there's, I'm not going to get into string theory actually, but it's an offshoot of it that I know of. It's this idea of like, we know we live in a three dimensional spatial world and four dimensions if you count time. And then if you keep going out dimensions and you get to like dimension 10, anything is possible. Yeah, And so there are kind of science, physics beliefs that we're in just one 
possibility of all of them and they all kind of exist. I'm not going to get into all the details because I will screw it up. But a simple way to look at this is the multiverse, the idea of a multiverse. There are multiple versions of existence out there in multiple realms and they all kind of exist at the same time that we don't live in a universe. We live in a multiverse. And is it possible to connect between the multiverses? And it may be. And some of that, A, could be the supernatural or paranormal, or it could be that we live in a multiverse we, where things move in, in and out of all of them. And right. that's the paranormal, that, that that's how you move in and out of, through the multiverse is right. outside the physical. Physical can't move across because you're moving from one set of matter into another one that wouldn't exist in the same way. Yeah. So that, those are reasons why you should. Do you have any more that you can think of? Uh, no, actually I don't. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think well, that's I a pretty more. good amount. We're not, oh, you do. I have one more here because this is the, this is the one. This is the bombshell right make here. You, this right here. This is the bombshell. Drum roll, please. Since I'm, everything is possible and since there has been not enough, just like I talked about last time, there has been not enough scientific research into this matter to debunk the fact that any of this stuff actually happens by default there has the onus uh what was it the 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 onus is on the burden of proof yeah the the burden of proof is on the uh accuser rather than it is on this on the whoever is saying that the story is false or the, the narrative is false the burden is on them to disprove it otherwise by default since everything is possible there may be some truth to all of this to everything we're talking about bam burden of proof i, I, I don't know if, i don't know if you did your logic there right but we'll go with it okay go <laughs> I with think it. your logic is i think the burden of proof is actually on the person who makes the accusation and the accusation would be the person who says that that the paranormal exists well, not I'm the flipping person it on who says head. i don't care okay I'm you're like i'm I'm taking logic and I'm taking logic to the logical end. <laughs> logic. You're, you're like grabbing logic and saying, we're going into the illogic. Well, since we did no preparation for this, I didn't study it for any of this stuff. That's, that's what we're going with. Those, those are my reasons. Since I am removing the, the, the burden of individual free thinking people to make up the mind for themselves, I'm making up your mind for you and saying that, what I just said, I don't even know what I just said, but everything I just said is true. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get into the should nots, shall we? Okay. So yes. The, so now we've just discussed reasons why you should believe in the paranormal, including reasons, uh, beliefs. Are, we'll, we'll do a end cap, I guess. Yeah. Um, so reasons why you should not. You go first, Adam. <laughs> It's unpopular, or I'll clarify that. Um, it is unpopular in the pub, in your in public culture to admit to having a belief in the paranormal, even though secretly you may have a belief in the paranormal, because there's a social stigma around it. So it's easier just to say that's all BS, and I don't buy into it. That's the easy. Oh, there we go. Okay, it's easy. It's easy not to. There you go. How about that? Yeah. That's number that's, one. That's, any more to that? Is that just kind of? I mean, that's pretty simple no i'm not uh, gonna probably. i'm not gonna beef up these should nots because i'm on the side of should and i should not so i'm uh, not gonna beef up the should nots that'd be well, counterproductive 
Well, I, I think if we're going to do a true, we have to, we, we kind of give them as non-biased as possible. So I will beef up Fine. the should not. Well, okay. Let um, me, let me beef up what I just said then. Fine. I will, I will uh, expand on what I just said. It's easy not to, and you've never given you, the person who claims to have these experiences or claims to believe in this has never given me any reason or any proof that any of this stuff has actually happened or exists. And therefore, by default, my default position is it does not happen until you prove to me otherwise. So I need evidence. Present evidence, and I'll buy into your theory. How about that? Okay. I think that's much better beefed up. There you go. I'm here to serve. Put the beef on there. (laughs) So my first, uh, are you done with that? Sorry, I should ask. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so my first counter argument, reason why you should not believe. Oh, the vast majority of beliefs of the paranormal uh, and experiences can easily be explained with things that we know that naturally occur in nature. Naturally occur in nature. I just said that. (laughs) (laughs) It made sense when he said it, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, things that naturally occur. We have, I have one point I'm going to get to in in a bit, but so we have like, uh, first of all, I just want to point out most of the ghost hunting TV shows you see on TV, they're fabricated. We, oh yeah. We just have to say that like when we're talking about beliefs in the paranormal and evidence, it's not these ghost hunting shows. They're all fake. None of them are real. Yeah. It's not, not that the people who are doing it d- don't believe in it and haven't seen it. It's just that TV network, TV's channels need, they need something to put on the trailer to get you to watch and they need reasons for you to keep watching. So they just make up stuff all the time and they do really nice edits. So yeah. we will say that first of all, that these TV ghost hunting shows are not helping because they make it look real. And then when you get behind it, you learn, no, they just made all this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. This, but that being said, there's a lot of things that happen can be explained by natural events. Most common is we see like, uh, I always hear about orbs. Orbs is like the thing people love to talk about where you see photos and you see like these little like flashes of light. They're just flying around. You're like, Oh, there's a ghost or there's somebody. And it's like, no, yeah, that's dust. It's a bug or it's dust. And yeah. this is where I was getting into like uh, when you see the alien craft that flew underwater and came back out and it was going super fast. Well, a lot of our bugs that fly around a lot of the flying like insects and etc. Uh, those type of animals, they're not all insects, but I can't think of what they're called, all the other ones, but they fly at really erratic rates and they look like they're going really fast. So what you're saying so is you it's think, forced perspective. Yes. Yeah. A lot of times it's just, you see it flashes off, it, the light flashes off of it. Uh, one of my favorite things I've ever done is I, I haven't really talked about this, but my mom, used to always think that there was a ghost cat on her bed because she could feel the cat walking on it and there would be no cat or the cat that we had. We have, uh, we had two cats and one would already be sleeping beside her and the other would be on the other side of her. And then she'd feel a third cat. Mm-hmm. Well, that is actually just her muscles with her muscles were relaxing and she felt in her mind just said, Oh, somebody's walking on the bed. And she thought her room was haunted. And so I was like just randomly taking pictures in there. And my aunt said, clearly you see a face, a ghost face in this picture. 
And what it was, it was the reflection off the light bulb from the flash of my camera put something on the back wall. And my aunt was like, it's a ghost. And I'm like, it's a reflection. Oh, that's matrixing. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so, it's, when, it's whenever you see a picture of something and your mind uh, creates shapes out of things or creates images yes. from things that aren't really there. It's just... And that's what... Yeah. That was actually one of my other points that I wanted to get into. And I'll go ahead and get into it if you want me to. Since sure, we just go ahead. It. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second real quick. Uh, but this one, like a lot of things can be proven another way. A lot of natural phenomenon looks unnatural. Uh, the aurora... Aurora Borealis can look like ghosts. Uh, you can see it can look like some supernatural thing happening, and all it is is just lights right. that happen naturally. There are flashes of lights, lightning, etc. Like so many different things that are just natural occurrences. And then uh, kind of piggybacking off that into specifically the mind sees things and freaks out. And so when you get into seeing patterns that aren't really there, that is, uh, you you kind of you hit it on that. That's uh, a, a psychological phenomenon known as pareidolia. Yeah. Uh, and basically, it's where we see patterns, and a lot of times, it's where we see faces. And where yeah. this comes into place is like in a house. You look into a mirror and you see a face in the mirror, but what you really see is like three smudges, and you think it's a face because we're trained to see two eyes and a mouth. Yeah. And that is instinctually necessary for our existence as a species that we can, what makes us top dog in this world is that we can look into bushes. Our ancestors could look in bushes and see tigers because they could see two eyes and a mouth. And they're like, there's a tiger there. And it kept them alive because they could get into fight or flight uh, right. mode really fast because they could see patterns very fast. But now right. we don't need to worry about tigers in the bushes, at least. No, because they're all I dead. <laughs> we killed them the all. Tiger King. Tiger <laughs> King got them. Uh, also, very much a time. I think I'm very, we're very much dating this podcast for yeah, that's all fine. the future people. There's a but date course, on the podcast whenever you play, play so whatever, who gives a shit. Yeah. So, for those who do not know what 2020 was like, Tiger King <laughs> and social distancing, that could rhyme. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we don't and, need that anymore, but we still have those instincts and we, we see those patterns. This is how you, you see the, the face on, the, on Mars that wasn't really a face or why you think there are messages in the newspaper telling you to do something or, you know, we just have these psychological phenomena where we're not paying attention to stuff and seeing what it really is. We're just, our mind's doing quick ideas. And so we, we feel a presence and we, we said, there's something there. Yeah. When in fact, it's not really there. We're just freaked out and we're listening to every, all our senses are on edge. Yeah. So I've noticed that when, I guess I'll tell a story real quick to kind of, to, to uh, amplify your statement there. I've been on a lot of ships in my life. And at night, when you're on a ship, you go into, um, basically you turn all the lights off and, and there's a, all the hallways, they're called passageways on a ship. Uh, they go from white light to red light. It's called darkened ship. So you darken ship, and the reason you darken ship is because you don't want any white light uh, escaping through like a hatch or something, and your ship being visible from miles and miles away because of the white light. So you darken ship. Halls are dark, and it's really eerie, a really eerie feeling, especially in, on older ships. So when I would like get up to go to watch at night, get out of bed, go take a shower, get dressed, 
and go upstairs. It'd be like two or three in the morning. So you go up and you're walking down these long, narrow hallways where the space is sort of confined, right? And every time you can almost feel there's something like behind you, but really it's your, it's like your senses creating that anxiety yourself. But, and then you start, you start walking faster or you like run. It's the same thing as whenever, I guess I talked about it in, in one of the YouTube videos, whenever you're down in the basement and you turn the lights off real quick and you run upstairs, you think something's going to come, something's going to come get yeah. you. But, uh, and everyone does that, right? Uh, but really it's just your mind is creating that anxiety because you have, you have through some sort of conditioning been told to fear the darkness, even though like objectively the space that you're in, nothing has changed except for your perception of that space. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that conditioning has made us fear the darkness. I think that might be natural. Yeah. Um, Okay. Fair. Fair. Conditioning has made us fear spiders. (laughs) Yeah. True. Or tigers. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Tiger lilies. It's weird because, because the space that you're in, if you're in a room from noon until midnight, and nothing in that room changes except for the lighting, your possession of that reality changes. So it's, it's our, that's kind of where our, I guess where I'm going with that, more or less. So. Yeah. So yes. Uh, do you have another point of why you should not believe in the supernatural or paranormal? Continue if you have something, because I'm not sure. So I have, uh, most of mine are kind of going on the same way, but I will say this kind of added on to that like people talk about haunted houses you have this creepy feeling and there's cold in in their cold pockets where where you know the parent where the ghosts are like draining energy and they make these cold pockets and then you hear the noises of them well old buildings are a very creepy to begin with because there's just as you as you brought up adam just in the same way like ships are creepy is because there are these big long spaces of nothing yeah you know like you have these long narrow halls but it's a long hall and in old buildings sometimes especially like mansions and stuff it's just a lot of open space also old buildings have cold spots all in them because they're just they're just not well they're not well ventilated like newer buildings are they just can't be and also they creak because they're old and wood creaks. And so we have this idea of what, what a ghost is supposed to be. So we start looking for that and we're like, it's a ghost when it's like, well, no, it's just a, it's an old building. And then I have two speculative things that I can get into, but I was going to see if you have another thing. I think that if you're going to take the stance that the only reality that exists is our reality, then I think you have to be fair and eliminate both the paranormal and the religious in one foul swoop. You can't say one exists and not the other. So I think you have to take a, a completely a, you know, a a spiritual, a supernatural approach. A is in like anti-supernatural approach, uh, to be fair. And because if, if you favor one over the other, then you're kind of defeating your own logic, I guess. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. How about you? Okay. So uh, a few other things is a few last points. Like I really got into the things could be naturally explained and pareidolia, human psyche messes with us. That's mostly what I've been going on to. This last one is similar to that, but also kind of gets into paranormal exists 
because it's a natural scientific thing that we just haven't figured out yet. And what I mean by that, there is, I've heard this and I don't know how true it is, but when you get around electromagnetism, sometimes it makes you feel like you're being watched. Um, yeah. And so that idea of when you take certain types of medication, it can do it. When you haven't slept in a long time, you start hallucinating. So that idea of like certain things will make you more perceptive to the supernatural or the paranormal because your senses are completely messed up. Uh, whether it is by electricity or by lack of sleep or by your actual senses being messed up by uh, some chemical in the same way, like kids are more likely to experience paranormal and supernatural. And we talked about that and that is, yeah, that's true. But maybe it's because everything doesn't make sense to them. And you can go back to when you're a kid and things that were really big deals when you're a kid, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Oh my goodness, this, this is so bad. Aren't really big deals as an adult. And you're like, why did I care about that as a kid? And so you don't understand what's going on. So everything is supernatural to you. Yeah. Everything is paranormal. Oh my goodness, there's a dog that can run. There are birds that fly in the air. That just, it's just, we just can't understand that. And we haven't been able to explain it until we grow up and then we're able to understand, Oh, this happens because of this, this happens because of that. Like if you, if you had, you took somebody from the 1600s and they came to live here today, they'd be freaked out and think we're like magicians because planes can fly. And we, we have phones that literally hold more information on them than they ever had access to. And it seems so like supernatural almost of what we can do now that they couldn't do back then. So it's just, we've learned more about the laws of physics and the more we learn, the more we're able to do. We've learned how to heal people in ways that they couldn't do. They didn't believe in germ theory for a long time. People would get mocked if they washed their hands. Surgeons would get mocked if they washed their hands before doing surgery to the point where some of them like could lose their jobs for washing their hands before surgery. A long time ago and people died in surgery all the time they didn't know why right. now we keep we keep or so sanitized and the death rate has dropped a lot and so that idea of like there's a lot of things that we're still learning uh, my favorite theory that i've ever heard and this is straight up just a theory i've never heard any good evidence that it's true when some and this is like residual hauntings when someone does the same path walk every day in a building for years, it like creates a recording of it. Yeah. And then it gets played back yep. over years. Like, so centuries later, you see it at a certain time of day, you see the person walk. Well, that's both a ghost and both not a ghost. Well, it's, it's a uh, residual energy, right? Yeah. So it's, so it's kind of like a recording in the same way, you know, yeah where you, we, we obviously used to and kind of still do use recordings in the same way where we make scratches on the wall and light and whatever, and you look at it in a certain way and you can see what it says. But if you look at it another way or another time, you can't see the same thing. So you have to be at the right place at the right time with the right lighting to be able to see the secret message. And sometimes it happens accidentally. And that residual energy is kind of that accidental you being able to see something. So it exists, but it's natural, but it's like a ghost. 
but it's not a ghost. But we can, you know, and that would be my last one is that's not technically paranormal. That's just something that happened and it, its effects still happen today. And that's true. Any, anything, if you walk somewhere, you, you have made permanent effects to that area in some way. Uh, but if you keep doing it over and over again, you're, th- those permanent effects are really going to show up and be noticeable and be harder to change. Right. Uh, it's like if you, if you take, like if you're walking through the woods every single day and you take the same path from point A to point B in the woods every single day, eventually that path is going to get beaten down. And it's just going to become a trail at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you even if you make no concerted effort to make a trail out of that path, it it will it'll, it'll naturally occur on its own because uh, you're affecting the landscape. Um, if, yeah. And, yeah. And so it in old buildings, and this is probably why old buildings get ha- more hauntings than newer buildings. All right. With that, I- we're going to wrap up. Uh, thank you for listening. We're gonna phase. In, we're gonna phase into the outro right now. 